On today's show, we go to the land of Westeros and go to every single one of the Seven Kingdoms as we discuss Season 8, Episode 1 of Game of Thrones Final Season. It truly is the beginning of the end, and I am joined on the phone by both KB and the Don as we discuss our favorite moments from the first episode of the final season. We also discuss some theories that we'd like to see and we kind of wonder, well, who will end up on the Iron Throne? Will it be Jon Snow? Will it be Daenerys? Will it be Cersei? Or will the Night King just kill everyone? And will Daenerys and Jon still do it knowing that they're related? All this and much more on this episode of Free Your Geek. By the power of Grayskull! We are here with the Don from Free Your Geek. We're going to try this recording device, this app that I downloaded. And I think it was appropriate because we're going to be talking about the season eight premiere of Game of Thrones. And uh, Don and I watched it in two separate locations. We were texting each other. It was kind of interesting. Um, so, Don, just overall, what do you think of just the, the opening? Just the opening. Opening. Reminds the opening, me the, the the new the new um ah uh, the, the the new uh, opening credit theme yeah with they they had a lot of stuff going on with that that was kind of interesting I, I liked really um that. my favorite aspect out of everything with the opening scene is it took us through the castle of King's Landing it took us down through the, the tower of the king down into the basement it took us through you know where where they moved all the dragon skulls like it it, it took us through the castle in a way that we've never got to see King's Landing before, like at least like the Red Keep and everything. We, we've seen scenes in these areas, but we never really get the whole walkthrough of how the castle's laid out, so I really like that. And we I, can see the wall down. Yes, yes, which is amazing. Like, I just, I, I just really loved, um, you know, besides the opening, the, the new, like, opening uh, credits, that the entire episode, to me, kind of mirrored the season one episode uh, one. Yes, it opened uh, with Bran. It opened up with a, our new Bran-esque type character, the kid climbing, well, running through the was, crowd. Wasn't it Arya though that we did that when she was trying to see what was going on with? Was it I Bran think, or was it Arya? Well, I no. Think, so we get to combine the two. So this character is just the new Stark. Say, granted, the kid's like a nobody, but he's a combination of the two because it does like. So I, I think like the kid like is like climbing through the crowd and everything. But now that you, you, you bring up the Arya aspect, realistically, once the camera, like, pans out or whatever, it goes to Arya seeing John come in for the first time. Right, which kind of, it kind of reflects, and it, it's, it's, so, again, it mirrors a lot of the situation where, I believe it was Arya, I could be wrong, but when Robert Baratheon and the Lannisters first come into King's Landing in episode one, she was trying to get a view of the marching ceremony. And she then, did, well... So now it's like it's it's kind of you know it's kind of like a you know the mirroring of that and, and like a symmetry of that scene and the fact that she sees all these other characters she hasn't interacted with in so long since she's come back um, you know with, obviously she sees John she sees the Hound which she's like surprised to see him alive like all the emotions that go over her face as each character is like showing up. Um, I mean, I think she really um, had, like, the most character growth, in my opinion. And just to see, you know, um, her reaction to all these other characters, uh, I thought was great. And then we kind of got right into it with Jon Snow. You know, basically, everybody else in the North now kind of, do they not trust him? I guess that's the question. How did you take that? Um, So, specifically with the Jon Snow thing, I... From what I get, and um, Davo said it best, is like the people in the north are hard-headed, you know. 
none of them, nobody really knows, like, how dire the situation is in the North besides Jon Snow and, like, Samuel Tarly. You know what I mean? Like, they saw the Army of the Dead. Besides, like, the Wildlings and the the guys from the Night's Watch, nobody really knows. Like, none of these people in the North know what's coming. So, I mean, I, I love the moment... I love the moment girl, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, she does, she calls him out, but I love how John just stands up and he's like, no, listen, there'll be no North. You know what I mean? Right. If, if I didn't bend the knee, there wouldn't be a North. The, and everything and, that John says is, John is very, very, the smartest one, realistically, at this point. He's like, it doesn't matter who's king. It doesn't matter whose name is anything. It doesn't matter who bends the knee, because the dead are just going to wipe through all of us. Unless, you know, it's funny you say that, that John is the smartest of them, unless you ask Arya because she says that Sansa is the smartest person she's ever known, which See, the thing I think with, is a real kind of interesting, you know, uh, uh, basically result, you know, the fact that they didn't get along as kids and now that they're back together, it's they're doing what they need to do for the family. And as I was saying, a lot of the things mirror, um, like, again, when John first comes back and he sees Bran, like he kisses him on the forehead the same way he said goodbye to him when he left for the night's watch all the way back in season one, he kisses his forehead and it's like a mirroring in a symmetrical way though. He's greeting him, glad to have him back. And then, you know, a lot of, you know, we see some of the other, like Sansa is another character where you're kind of really seeing like the influence that Cersei, that uh, Baelish, that everybody else had on her because she basically calls Tyrion out. Like, that, was like foolish. My, that was like basically one of my favorite parts. She's she's like, he's like, oh, you have a, you know nobody. She has something. Cersei has something to live for now, and she goes, I used to think, oh, see, even even Landon is is agreeing with us here. Yeah, um, Dan, all worked up. He's he's you know she goes, I used to think you were the most clever man, and basically saying, I know that Cersei's already betrayed you, and you don't see it, which I thought was like like just how much her character has grown as well. Um. Yeah. There's. There was just so much. Uh, it moved pretty so, fast. But you know how my brain works. Yeah, you know how that I, I lose things here and there. But here's one thing I wanted to touch on before when you talk about the the disagreeing between Arya and you know how I say that John's the smartest one in, in the aspect. We're getting scenes like this because John's not a Stark. The divide is there now. We got it at the end of last season that John's a Targaryen. So. Mm. Scenes like this when she's like, he's protecting our family. And John's like, well, I'm our family too. No, you're really not. Like, right, realistically, he... Bran is not even, Bran says, I'm not even Bran Stark anymore. So there, it, all that is left for the house Stark is Sansa, who wants to be the ruler, and Arya, who is loyal to her family. Like, we so, got all that. You know what I mean? We, we're getting the, 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 the strength of these two women Right. Well, but let me ask you a question. Let me let me put a pin in this real quick. Because yeah. if we're looking at this, do you think that Arya and uh, Sansa know about John's true parentage? No. Or do you think they, that Bran and and uh, Sam were kind of holding that to themselves? I think that Sam and Bran held it to themselves. Because theoretically, he is family. He's a cousin. He's a cousin to them as opposed to a brother. Exactly. But he's still got that Stark blood. It's just not Ned Stark's blood. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought that was really good. And I really love the scene between John and Sam. I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit. But even for Daenerys to finally kind of be like, listen, like she meets Sam and wants to thank him for helping Jorah out. And the fact that he, she basically like tells him, like, yeah, I killed your father and your brother. Um, I think the way the actor, I don't know the actor that plays uh, Samwell, but great, great acting with his, like, response and reaction to that was, like, amazing. So, out of everything you can, like, you know how I go crazy for this show. The biggest, like, when we first got on the phone and, like, you were talking about, like, you were like, well, Aria was your big standout. Like, all of, like, the scenes with Aria interacting and da-da-da. There was one character who, to me, is the most important right now and he maybe had three lines in the whole episode and it's Bran. There are scenes that are with Tyrion and Sansa talking and Tyrion I mean and Sansa walks away and then we the screen pans out and there is Bran staring at Tyrion. Being there a are, creep. Oh wait, like it keeps 
happening in this episode with Bran just sitting there viewing when Daenerys first comes to the house. I have the episode on right now, just so like stuff is fresh for me. Mm-hmm. So Daenerys is approaching right now, Winterfell. John's going to get off his horse and kiss Bran like you were talking about earlier. And then there's the slow gaze from Bran. Bran says nothing at all to Daenerys, just slow gazes. Then it happens again with Tyrion. Then it happens again with Samuel, and Samuel approaches him. And then we get pushed into that scene where, you know, he's Aegon now. He's Aegon Targaryen. Like, mm. I mean, like, what's up with, like, Bran just viewing everybody and everything and just so, you know what I mean? Third well, it's kind of... What do you think? I was thinking it's fueling rumors that Tyrion is actually the third head of the dragon. And no, I, think, I don't know if they're going to prove that or not, but... So I say... I say no, and I say no because we lost out the like the whole three drag like the whole three dragon thing. I think everybody was pushing those theories before because Daenerys had three dragons. Third dragon's mm-hmm. dead now. Third dragon's the Night King's dragon. So a thing that um, people are also trying to push is, oh my God, is the Night King a Targaryen? Like because he can ride the dragon and da da da. Like I don't I don't really see Tyrion them trying to do that maybe in the books we'll get that i think as far as the tv show goes he is going to be the one to carry house lannister into whatever you know what i mean that is unless cersei gets her way because we also saw a couple of scenes with her where uh basically braun is hired and he is a sellsword to basically use the crossbow that Tyrion killed his father with I have to and, say one thing, and if we're going to make references back to earlier episodes, earlier yeah. seasons, whatever they pay you, I'll double it. Mm, that's, that's true. It. And on but, top of it, look. But they don't have the bank. Well, who who said, whoa, whoa, Tyrion has the bank. From where? Well, Tyrion's the hand of the queen. So Yeah, I guess, but I mean, I, isn't the whole thing that why they ended up going after um, – uh, the Tyrells is to get, you know, and Elena is to get their, their money. And that's no, why they, t- see, they took that out and they friend. have. Here's, here's the thing. I'm Ty- Tyrion's money is not Cersei's money. Cersei made the biggest mistake and paid back the Lannister debts in full. So if in some creepy curse way, a Lannister always pays her debts or pays his debts, well, her debts are squared away now. Like, I don't know. Like I, I was reading like an article on that, and it's like the the ominous like fact of of Cersei like closing her family's words out. The guy like at the meeting even said like we have never had anyone make a payment in full ever in the history of the bank. Like we're getting happy making money off your interest. Mm. Something I want to uh, bring up is probably the biggest redemption that I've seen on this show. To date, and that's my, I can't even say my man Theon, but my man Theon Mm. finally, finally got what we have been needing from him. And then what was even more, after him saving his sister, him manning up and being like, yeah, I'm going to fight for the Starks. Yeah. Like, because of that scene last, Mm -hmm. last, last, last season, when when him and John have the talk, and he's like, you're Stark and you're a Greyjoy. Just as much of that as, you know. Oh, but we can also was, see from Yara, Yara's standpoint where, you know, um, that what got Theon into this mess but in, in the first place was, you know, the call to make his father proud and to bring, you know, honor back to the, the Greyjoy name. And now that Yara is kind of like his, you know, he, he's the she's the queen as far as he, uh, Theon is concerned. And, yeah. you know, so basically, and she recognizes, like, this is something you have to do. Go do it. And I just I love that that sibling relationship there, you know I think it I think it's only in the shadow of the Starks as a you know as my second favorite kind of sibling uh, sibling relationship. Um, yeah. Speaking speaking of that, speaking of Theon, speaking of Yara, speaking of siblings, speaking of just like children making their fathers proud. What about Gendry? Uh so the little Gendry yeah. scene, I. I it's cute. You know what I mean? Do you think they're going to try to spark man. a uh, romance there? I, I, I want to be honest about Gendry as a character. Gendry can get killed off. Gendry's one of those tier characters to me. Kill him, like, have him make your weapons, have him die trying to save Arya. 
it will be cute. But to me, he's a write-off character. A lot of these characters are write-off characters at this point. Even our big characters are. Well, okay, so I think they're gonna. They, well, he's gonna make this weapon for Arya. I don't know what's gonna, what that's gonna entail. But I also think that he, in one instance or another, also has a right to claim uh, the Iron Throne, being an actual. Um, oh my God, I can't think of his name. Baratheon. He, you know, he's like the last Baratheon, and but he's you know, the last bastard Baratheon. But does it really matter at this point if though if you know Daenerys is gonna break the damn wheel? You know, who cares at this point? So then you put him on the small council. Robert Baratheon was an uh, usurda, or absurd or whatever. Like, he, yeah. like, honestly, the only people who really have claim to their own throne are Targaryens. Targaryens are the ones who made everybody kneel. So realistically, they can always only, technically, it's only, only supposed to be them and their family for forever and ever to come. I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, the first the first episode mirrored, and and the way it ended, like with having Jamie show up at the Ooh. end. How and about Jamie looking like an old man? Well, that. But think about it this way again. Kind of, we want to talk about symmetry. We want to talk about the episodes mirroring the first episode of the first season. The last two characters in the shot. Ah, uh, the things I do for love. Pushing Bran out of that tower. Now this first episode ends with Bran and Jamie standing face to face since that event. Also, here you go. Season one, we want to go season one, episode one to season eight, episode one. Let's talk about there like two of the main episodes where we've gotten any sort of message from the White Walkers. True. You know what I mean? Like what happened with little boy Umber? Why? What was up with that symbol? Why did it look like a sun or an octopus? What message are they trying to get across? You go back uh, to season one, episode one. It's the circle with the line through it. And mm. to make sure that we knew that that meant something, they stuck the little girl's dead body in the tree so her face was looking at the symbol in the ground. Mm. Well, and it also flashes back to when uh, the children of the forest, I think that's what they're called, actually created the White Walkers. Um, because that, that, that symbol was in the cave, too, when John and Daenerys went underneath... Um, Oh my God! Why can't I think of the name of the uh, Dragonstone? Yeah, yeah. They they when they were looking at the, the paintings and stuff, those, both of those symbols were there. So maybe it has a bigger meaning, or maybe it did kind of look like, if you will, almost the sigil of, you know, uh, House Karstock. Because think of this: we got, we caught a quick reference uh, when Davos was talking with Tyrion, and he's mm. like, "Oh, House Karstock, not too long ago." The uh, Carstocks and Stocks were, throw, you know, like neck and neck fighting each other, and Jon Snow brought them together. And um, they made like a, you know, like a little reference, like, oh, that's one of the better sigils. Dude, we haven't heard anything about the sigils in Gosling, though. Mm, that's true. Well, before we uh, conclude, I want to say, so it looks like the next episode, the preview for the next episode is going to revolve around uh, Jamie a little bit and uh, just kind of that and uh, Daenerys a little bit where they're going to be talking about uh, the choices they had to make, if you will, and almost like a trial. Um, and then I think it's, you know, the, the White Walkers are on their way. Uh, um, uh, everyone's is, in Winterfell. Yep. This is my, my like, like geek research. So episode three is an hour and 22 minute runtime. Mm-hmm. So I think that's our, I think that's our battle. Um, Jeez, what else did I want to talk to you about on this episode? Like, I feel like we didn't do a little practice run, but um, well, we're gonna we're gonna be talking more as the series you know concludes. But I I just wanted to kind of get an introductory. Uh, I'm gonna have KB eventually maybe do an interview with him uh, for his side too, and just and just chat. And uh, I mean, there's there's been tons tons of character development from from Sansa to um, Euron uh, with uh, he's amazing. Yeah, I, I really quick. Hey, guys, he's he Jeff. He's like the bad guy version of of my boy Oberyn because technically, like, look, they both like took off overseas. Both learned all like this crazy fight, and he just happens to be an axe wielder. But he's a maniac, mm. and he's so sick in his head. He, I love the the scene of him sitting down talking to his niece, and he's like, "We're the only two Greyjoys. I ain't gonna kill you. Like, right. Who am I gonna talk to?" 
yeah, he's he's a, he's a psychopath. I don't think he's on the level of a Ramsey Bolton, um, but I think it's I think it's interesting. Like as a villain, we've always had Cersei. We've always had, for for a lack of a better term, we've always had uh, Tywin. But you know, and then as he died, but then Jamie was kind of on that redemption arc, and then she was like the the, the main constant evil person. And then you had Joffrey, and then you had Ramsey. And now you have Euron, and I just think it's like it's it's interesting how they can make their, for lack of better terms, other main villain other than Cersei, and they they have such different personalities. It's crazy. I wanted to know, like for a little bit, I thought it would be Theon to kill him, to kill mm-hmm. um, Euron, but uh, I, I honestly don't see that happening now. Theon's main purpose is fighting for the stocks. He already redeemed himself by saving his sister. I'm telling you, the mountain's gonna break that dude off. Like, someone, I don't even know. We only have five more episodes. Five more episodes. So here's, here's the thing. What, what is the, from what you've seen, what is, two questions. One, who do you think the first major character to die is going to be next? And then two, um, who do you think, or, or what, what is something that you're really looking forward to that you hope to see before the series concludes? Um... I want to see Bran go back into the past again. I want to see... That's what I want to see. I want to see more. Because Bran is the one who is the only one who is not dealing with just here and now. So any other side story we're going to get right now, it's going to be through his eyes. I mean, we so should... Want... Oh, yeah, I want to see his... Bran kind of go back into the past. Yeah, I want, to, I want to see that finally tie in and, like, really, like, show, like, everyone, like, yep, he's the whole reason, like, you know, as far as um, burn them all, burn them all, and everything like that. Like, mm-hmm. we've never really seen that happen. We've seen Bran speedwalk, and we've seen him take over Hodor and do all that. But we still need the verification that the Mad King went mad because of Bran, and that everything happened because of Bran. You know, like, Bran's going to be the whole reason all this is so you think So you think, think Bran is the linchpin of this entire story? Yeah. Okay. And who people, do you think? Go ahead. People that uh, main character to die, like yeah, first. Say, who, who do you think? Who do you think would be the the main character that you think would die of all of them first? Oh, jeez. Or even even it doesn't have to be a main. It can be like a secondary character. Because I know you mentioned Gendry. I don't know if you think he's going to be one of the ones on the chopping block first. I see like a gray worm. I see okay. someone like that. Some like warrior who is amazing and like. You think, I don't know, like he's pointless enough, but he's also not, you know. It would hurt Daenerys for him to die. Mm-hmm. Like like a Jorah Mormon. Why are you going to kill Jorah Mormon off and you just saved him from grayscale and you're having him think? Like, I don't, I, I'm going to go with Grey Worm. And that's okay. like, like, honestly, I thought, um, you know, the new leader of the Night's Watch? Yep. That's what, like, that was my first prediction. Was before it, I watched it the episode. Yeah, before I watched the episode yesterday, I said, it's not going to be anybody big and crazy to die first. It's going to be someone like that. We're going to see one of those characters die. And then from there, everything's going to start rolling, I think. Okay. Uh, my two, I'm going to say, I want to see Claudine Ball. I yeah. want to see The Mountain versus The Hound at some point. Um, I'd like to see that. I hope that happens. And um, I'd say episode I, five. I think uh, the next either sec- major or secondary character, I think it's going to be Varys. I like I like Varys dying. I want you to know. Uh, like, I'm, I'm just trying to think. What else can he bring? What else can he really bring to the story? Well, no, we already got his foreshadowing when when John met Danny at uh, Dragonstone for the first time, and she took off. She didn't want to stick around to see anything. Mm-hmm. And Varys told her, "Don't come back to this land. I, I'm not sure I'd be so happy to see you." And she goes, "I have to die. I have to come back to this land. I have to die in this strange land, just like you." Yeah, and you saw his face get all effed up. Mm-hmm. Now, but you've been typically right all along with all of her craziness, except for when she the the king who was promised. Yeah. Well, but, uh, but no. Um, remember, like it doesn't matter how you get to the finish line as long as you get to the finish line. True. Like that could be like the the thing of the Lord of the Light. True. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited for the rest of the season. Um, 
yeah, it, it it had me flip, like definitely flipping out last night. Well, it'll be it'll be good. Uh, I think we're gonna have to have a. I don't know if we'll be doing this every week with it when the episode is, but I definitely want to do a post uh, Game of Thrones season eight when the season finale, series finale actually. So series finale um, podcast, I'll have you and KB on, and we'll talk about it. And uh, maybe I'm, I'm gonna see if I can get Elf in at some point or do something, or maybe just do separate interviews. I don't know yet. I'm, we're testing this out. We're testing this phone conversation thing out. Uh, I, I know time is tough right now, but uh, yeah, dude, um, we'll have to have another Game of Thrones night soon. We'll have to actually watch it together. I think that would be fun. Um, I just really, you know, I think uh, I, I was very happy with this episode. I, I like the way it kind of came together. I like the way they like started just going like full throttle. They They had a lot of callbacks to season one, episode one with a lot of these characters. And now every all the pieces are lined up, and now it's time to see them fall, or how Ooh. they fall. That's it. Well, thanks, Don. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get another podcast uh, going soon, but I just wanted to try this kind of method out because I know we're always uh, crazy busy and whatnot. So thank you for your time, sir, uh, and thank uh, young Ward Landon uh, for that. And, and uh, now our watch has ended. Yes, and now uh, winter is here. All right, man. Hey, do you all remember when we did the geek speak with Chuck and Brad from the Chuck and Brad podcast? Well, they have a new show coming out and they want you to check it out, but I'll let them tell you all about that. Hey guys, we're Chuck and Brad. We're two comedians who do the Chuck and Brad podcast, a pop culture podcast based out of Rhode Island. We just wanted to let you know that we're going on a short comedy tour called Chuck and Brad Reimagine the Avengers. It's our own comedic retelling of the original Avengers movie, and we're touring the shows the same weekend that Avengers Endgame comes out. So come get a refresher and a new spin on the original Avengers movie before you go see Endgame. Thursday, April 25th, we'll be in Hartford, Connecticut at the CT Comedy Theater with B.J. Quagan, Andrew Morgan, and Stosh Makita. Saturday, April 27th, we'll be in New York City at the Pit Loft with Impractical Jokers tour opener Jiggy, Impractical Jokers writer Casey Jost, and UCB veteran Lisa Kleinman. Sunday, April 28th, we'll be at Laugh Boston with John Tilson, Logan O'Brien, Tyler Swain, and Dan Hall. All event info and tickets at chuckandbradpodcast.com. Every night we'll have the comics open up the show and we'll close with our live retelling of The Avengers. And for a tiny bit of background, we've done the podcast for 10 years. We've had on great guests like Jeff Tremaine, the director of the Jackass movies, the bands Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, Big D and the Kids Table, and many, many more. And if you're a big podcast listener, you might know me from uh, Tell Em Steve Dave. I work on film projects for the podcast Tell Em Steve Dave, which is made up of uh, Walton Bryant from AMC's Comic Book Men and Quinn from True TV's Impractical Jokers. I consistently do the film work for the Tell Em Steve Dave Patreon. So come on out, support this very weird live comedy show, and hopefully more and more podcasts will start doing their own live alternative shows. Once again, that's Chuck and Brad Reimagine the Avengers, New York City, Hartford, and Boston. See you at the end of the month. ChuckandBradPodcast.com Hey guys, I want to quickly tell you about 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. It's a local group of podcasters with some amazing content, and Free Your Geek is proud to be part of the 4041 Media family. So check it out at 4041media.com and listen to Free Your Geek. Or if you're a fan of movies, check out Movie Theater Time Machine. Or if you want to know why some sickos do the crimes that they do, check out the Psych Your Crime podcast. 4041 Media, by listeners, for listeners. And we have KB on the line. KB, welcome to this audio version, this cell phone version of Free Your Geek, where you're on location, I'm on location, Everything is going crazy. How are you, sir? Pretty good, brother. We're in our we're in our respective geek dens. We're in our own kingdoms, if you will. Yeah, uh, our back King's, King's Landing or Winterfell or or uh, you know if we're across the seas or from Bravos, any of that. Um, we're we're here and we want to talk about season eight. Episode one of Game of Thrones, and I'm assuming you've seen it because I don't want to be calling you. Oh, of course I've seen it. I wasn't All missing right. that for the world. Okay, so what? What? Just initial thoughts. We, we when I, I talked actually already to Don 
Um, and uh, we, we talked about, first of all, new credit scene opening. They had some new graphics yep. in there, which was really, really cool. And then we open on to uh, John, Daenerys, and the rest of the crew, the Unsullied and yep. the Dothraki coming into Winterfell. Uh, how did you feel about that? Give me your thoughts, just some guttural reactions right off the bat. Uh, I thought the I thought it was it was done very well and and it was it, it it a shining moment because um, you know that Northerners are very tough on people they don't know mm-hmm. uh, so I think it, it's a very uh, bold move on John to bring them kind of there um, you can see Sansa wasn't happy with it uh, even just the fact of just feeding all of those people through the winter right. um, is, is is something that Sansa's like what are you doing. Uh, you know, and then a lot of people, I think, you know, questioning, well, okay, John, what are you now? Are you a king or are you, what, what are you? <laughs> um, so I think that, that was, uh, interesting. Like, right off the back, you're causing the, the drama, well, you know? And even if we rewind just a little bit to before that even, all that even happened, how, how um, much, I don't know how much you picked up on that. The, this particular episode kind of mirrored season one, episode one. So when, you know, uh, Robert Baratheon was coming yep. in and all that. It's like a whole procession. Uh, I believe, I, and I have to go double check because I haven't seen the episode in a while, but I believe it's Arya that's kind of like pushing through the, f- the front to kind of see what's going on. Yep. And then you, this particular episode opens with that young young boy climbing yep. up in the trees, which is also a nod to, to Bran, but he, yep. uh, he wants to see what's going on. And Arya sees him and she kind of understands, kind of like that kinship. Like, yep, I, I know mm-hmm. I, that used to be me, yep. you know. Um, and then just to see her face light up, and then John like walk right by her, and yeah, not, like not her, even notice. And her face drops, and then she sees the Hound, who she thought was dead, and he's still alive. And then she sees Gendry, who she hasn't seen in forever. It's just, uh, it's a very, very interesting, you know, open with her. And then to your point with Sansa, Sansa has become such a great. I don't want to say ruler or leader, but she knows, like she, I, I mentioned this with Don, she's learned from Cersei, she's oh, yeah. learned from Peter Baelish, she's learned from, you know, you know all the, the trials and tribulations she's been through, and she's actually a very level-headed, she reminds me so much of uh, Catelyn when she talks sometimes, yeah. just how poised she is, and a little bit, I can see a little bit of Cersei in there too, and I just think like she's like, she's an amazing character how far she's grown. Um, but to your point, yeah, she said we ba- we barely have enough food, you know. With now, now we have the Dothraki and then Sullied, and then she goes, "What do dragons even eat?" And then when Daenerys looks at her and says, "Whatever they want," I'm like, "Oh man, conflict time." Conflict yeah, yeah, time. you know, and it's it's funny. There's the moments like that are kind of comical, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of those in this um, where I kind of felt like they might have pushed comedy a little too much compared to other episodes. I don't know if you felt that way. Well, uh, I don't know if I necessarily felt that way because I didn't really think about it. I know there were a couple of comedic moments, but I think because the episode, there was a lot of heavy stuff in this yeah. episode too, I think it was kind of a good balance. Um, yeah, I just I just think that opening scene kind of really set the tone as far as like, okay, all these pieces are getting set in place. We're bringing everybody together. Mm-hmm. We know the wall is down and Bran just creepy dude that he is, wastes no time just like, okay, yeah, no no time for pleasantries. Um, let's go. And, oh, the other thing I mentioned, talking about, like, like hearkening back and taking, you know, uh, some liberties from season one, episode one, when John sees Bran for the first time since mm-hmm. Bran got pushed out of the tower, when he leaves for the Night's Watch in that episode, I believe it's either season one, episode one, or season one, episode two, he kisses Bran goodbye on the forehead. Yep. And he welcomes him back in the same way, which I thought was kind of cool. Um so Bran, like the Bran to me is like the MVP right now. He's just like this super weird dude. He doesn't say much, but his his presence is is very very interesting. Yeah, and I but I I still think that you know the Sansa and Arya and and, and John. I, I I still think and in, in even uh, Tully like they don't understand. I think really truly what Bran is, you know. Oh, I don't think anybody realizes it. You know, and I, think, I, I don't I think, think Sam of all of them kind of knows knows the most yeah yeah he you know has probably read about things like this in 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 his in his, uh, in his travels um now sam is an interesting character sam had a lot kind of going on in this episode well and that's that's what we can do yeah if we want rather than try to like follow the plot we can talk about some characters yeah um you know so sam sam yes absolutely yeah. like the actor 
Um, again, great, great um, actor with like just having the like, you know, he was talking about he's so simple and he's such a good person. Like when he meets Daenerys, you know, he asks for like, you know, she thanks him for saving Jorah's life. Yep. And he asks for a pardon for his crimes. Yep. And then once she realizes who he is, to, to her credit, she basically told him this is this is what happened. And yeah. you know, I don't know. I just think it's it's hey, like you know, I killed your father, and he's like, oh, at least my brother will be in charge. You know, and he didn't say it in that respect. Like you could tell that the weight was on him that his father was dead, and he was mourning, even though he has yeah. no reason to because his father's no. kind of a jerk. Yeah. But uh, you know, the fact that he said his brother, and then she said, no, your brother stayed, stayed you know, stayed with your father. He uh, he. he basically doubled down with your dad and yeah. Sam realizing that his, his family, you know, his brother and his father are both killed under Daenerys. He even says to John at one point, yeah. a little bit later, like, you know, would you have done that? Yeah. You'd, let, you'd let all these wildlings live. And, and it's a good point. It's a yeah. good point. And, and it's a lot of stuff like that, that's going on um, that you see, and, you know, in, in, in that moment that you're talking about there, I mean, that, that led to another big moment. You know, I mean, maybe we want to save that for last. It's more of uh, John. We can, but no, but no, like we can, yeah. we can, we can. We'll segue into John, and then yeah, let's let's talk about that. You know, because with the revelation. Yep. Uh, and I'll ask you because I already asked Don uh, this a little earlier. What do you think? Do you think that it's only Sam and uh, Bran who know about John, or do you think that uh, Arya and Sansa? Uh, know like his true lineage or do you think they kind of kept that close to the vest i i think they kept it close to the vest because I, I i just feel like they're not they don't want to start any more commotion than it's already and it already is um and i think john you know i mean the, the look in his face and the whole thing is kind of like he doesn't know whether to believe it or not it's almost like one of those things when somebody tells you something your gut tells you it's true but your whole life you weren't that you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's going to be um, an interesting scenario because if you think about the how Sam basically, like you said, you know, uh, Daenerys tells, tells him about, you know, what happened with his father and his brother and, and whatnot. Okay, so now Sam's telling John that he's, the, you know, the true heir to the throne and does Daenerys see that as Sam plotting against her. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're thinking you're thinking it might be something another little power play that because now that Sam's upset about his family, yeah. he's he's using that against I mean, I didn't even think about that. It's plausible. Yeah, because um, I mean think about it, because now because all of a sudden John's gonna be like, Yeah, you know, or or somebody is gonna say, you know, hey, he's the true heir. How did we find out about this? Oh, or if she has that that intimate conversation with John, oh, how did you find out about this? Oh, it was Sam. Okay, so I just killed the guy's, you know, uh, you know, son and uh, brother and father. Um, so it sounds like he might be making this up. I don't know. I, I'm just. But theoretically, then you could also use use Bran as kind of your proving point because he could go into any part of Danny's past and just be like. Yeah, you did this, this, and this. I wasn't here for this, but I can look back into this, and yeah, this is I, how I can tell that you know I can tell you that John is the daughter, you know. Uh, of how Rick. much she believes it, though, is another another story. That's that's true too. But you I know, mean, you know, you can you can point out the books that Sam stole to say you know uh, the marriage was annulled, and and you know like John was born through them. Like I don't I don't know how much is going to be via the books, but I just think it's such an interesting now that everybody for the most part is in Winterfell. Yeah. Like these, all these characters that are, are so intertwined now are going to like start having these like yep. payoffs. We saw it with, we saw it with Tyrion and Sansa. Yeah. You know, that's a good conversation. Did, like the fact that like the last time he saw her, like jo- it was the purple wedding, Joffrey died yep. and then she was gone. And all of a sudden, like, I'm sure he's heard of some of the stuff that's happened to her. Yep. But at the same time, like when he's talking that Cersei's coming and not to be, you know, nobody has m- nothing to be afraid of with her. And she just basically looks at him and goes, I used to think you were the most clever man. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and then it's funny because you use that, that she thought Tyrion was the, the most clever man. And then we hearken back to when Jon Snow and Arya are talking, and he said, I could have used you against Sansa. And she goes, Sansa's the smartest person I know. 
Yeah. Which is very interesting and very telling, you know, as the sisters, the, obviously they've mended fences, you know, over the last, you know, season seven and whatnot, when yeah. Arya returned and whatnot. And the whole Baelish situation, yeah. But it's just, it's just interesting that, you know, Arya's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm with, with Sansa. And then speaking yeah. of Arya, like she kind of, you know, reunited with the Hound a little bit, which led to my, one of my favorite, that thing? uh, my favorite, uh, quote when he goes and I'm going to swear a little bit here. We're going to try to keep it clean, but he, he basically said, Oh, you're a cold hearted bitch. Must've been why you, that's probably why you survived or that's probably how you survived all this time. And it was kind of like, you know, okay. You know, the interaction, they were very snide with each other back in the day. And then there's respect. Gendry, there's respect. Yeah, it's a respect. And then Gendry, who she wants him to make her a special weapon, which is, I can't wait to see that. But there's also, I think there's also a spark there between her and Gendry when he calls her Lady Stark and she says, don't call me that. I noticed that. And then he calls her my lady, which he was what he called her back, you know, how many years ago. Yeah. And then she, when she was leaving, she looked back and looked at him and I'm like, oh, maybe she's got a little crush or maybe it's going to be a romantic pairing or something. Well, you think about it, it'd be kind of interesting because she hasn't had any kind of romantic pairing. Right. Ever, really. I mean... And it, Right, and if anything, I would think, and, and not to sell her short, but you know, based on the characters, I don't think Arya needs to. I think she's no. she's the assassin. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting. It's a cool dynamic that she would never want it to be a lady. She never wanted to do all the you know the quote unquote girl stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, like the sewing and the, and the the doll making and the dresses and all that. She wanted to yeah. be fighting, and she's such a badass. You know that. Um, you know, now it's now maybe she has somebody that can kind of, you know, she can kind of fall for. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, one person we didn't see much of. I know she was in the background, but Brienne of Tarth. We didn't yeah. see much of her. No. So no, she's there. So I'm hoping there's going to be a bigger story, especially with a certain somebody showing up at the end of the episode. But we'll get back to that in a second. Um, yeah. I just want to talk about uh, anything from Daenerys, too, from her standpoint. Well, you know what I, you, you know what I, I, and uh, was talking about this in the office today uh, with some people. And you know what, one of the something somebody brought it up is that when I believe it was was it Sansa who said, "Oh, the Night King has one of your dragons." Nope, that was that was uh, that was that, uh, um, I believe that was Brand, but I'm not. Okay, it was Brand. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch. But whoever it was that said it. She like didn't have the reaction I expected. I I just I just felt like she was very just kind of a quick look and that was it. I I, I just felt like there should have been a little more emotion in that kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Um, and Daenerys is is really really interesting because you know I was always rooting for her most of the show, you know. And now with the way everything is now, I you know I I am rooting for John all the way now. Um, so so I their their romance was another thing that that came up today in, in conversations with people, and basically like the whole dragon scene, people thought were cut was kind of drawn out a little bit, it was a little mm-hmm. too long, a little too offbeat for the rest of it, for the rest of it. No. But but I think it was a necessary thing. I think it was necessary to, you know, have John, you know, be riding the dragon, which is, you know, I think a lot of people kind of waited, were wanting to see that. Um, and again, the humor, that humor was there of like, oh, how do you ride a dragon? What do you hold on to? Anything. <laughs> you know? Right. And I, I think a lot of that was kind of like the flirtation between the two of them. Yeah. But I, I like to think of that. That's the, uh, that's akin to the carpet ride in Aladdin. You know, yeah. A whole new world yeah. type of thing. Um, but that's, that's what I. That's what, that song was in my head when that happened. Yes, sir. it was. Um, speaking of the dragons, now too, you know, it was really kind of like you say. We have all these important characters together, and you got to remember, a lot of them didn't believe that dragons existed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for a lot of these people to see the dragons for the first time, um, you know, it, it, it was, it was really interesting. Like when they're first flying in in that opening scene and people are like, Oh my God, like, you know, um, and to just see people that haven't seen them before their reactions, 
it was is really really like oh okay it, you know it'd, it'd be like us you know finding Bigfoot <laughs> you know what I mean imagine imagine Bigfoot walks into a city and everybody's like. I think you bring up an interesting. You bring up a very interesting point because we remember back a couple of seasons ago when Tyrion first saw yep. the dragons, and then uh, I think it was last season with with John, and then now Jamie, and Jamie and Braun. and Jamie. Yeah, it's just like everybody, and I, I think that's a good point. Like you know, here's you, you hear the stories about it, but until you see it in person, that's when you believe. And I think that might actually be uh, parallel with the White Walkers. You know, even yep. though that they know that the dead are coming. For them, you know, when they had to actually take one and bring it to King's Landing, mm-hmm. and uh, so to prove to Cersei and, and you know, yep. that whole side that they do exist, I think you know it's it's I think the the pushback that John is getting right now for his actions are because are because they haven't seen a White Walker in person. They don't know the yeah. threat that they're up against. It's almost like and he needs think, to do the same thing there, or or well, you that, know, that'll, that'll happen soon enough because yeah. They already passed the wall, and I forgot the house that they they ended up killing off. That was a know. gruesome scene. That was a yeah. really gruesome and, sight. And did you notice the pattern again? Yep. So, again, we, we want to talk about parallels and mirroring uh, the first season. That's how the, the bodies they left, uh, the White Walkers left in that first mm-hmm. uh, yep. episode of season one. And I was talking with Don about this before. That symbol um, also appeared on the cave uh, underneath uh, Dragonstone mm-hmm. with Daenerys and Jon. So that, that symbol yep. is very, I think it's very important. I'm not quite sure um, yep. exactly what that entails, but I'm sure that there's already, I already saw some BuzzFeed articles and stuff about what that could be, but I don't like to, I don't like to read all that spoiler stuff. So I try yep. to like stay away from it and just like try to speculate and then see how it is. Yeah. I mean, um, it's really all speculation anyway, unless something leaks and, you know, unless the script actually leaks out. Yeah, very true. Um, well, it's funny because I guess DirecTV accidentally released the first two episodes. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and like early. And then uh, they, once they realized what they did, uh, they stopped. Um, but I thought that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> so, like, I guess people already saw the second episode, and I'm trying to stay away from the spoilers of it. Um, Somebody but... told me, too, today that if you if you watch it through HBO Now or HBO Go, whatever it is, Mm-hmm. At the very end, they have like writers' notes for a couple minutes, where the writers really? talk about how they feel about what they wrote. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I just. I just watched it uh, at a friend's house last night. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was. It was a very. It was a very unique. It, it's. It's interesting because on the intro for the show, I say this is the beginning of the end, but it's also when you think about it, like I said, with so many similarities to the first episode of the first season. Uh, and this is where I kind of want to close on before I get into some questions uh, that I have for you. Uh, seeing Jamie mm-hmm. finally make his way into Winterfell, and yep. the first person he looks at and he sees is Bran. Yeah. Which, again, the first episode of the first season, ah, the things I do for love, he pushes Bran out the window. Yep. Bran is the last person that he sees before he dies or, or becomes crippled and goes on this journey mm-hmm. to become the Three-Eyed Raven. And now it's like, okay, the last scene is between Jamie and Bran again in this episode. And I was just like, wow, that's kind of like, you know, does full Bran, circle type stuff. Does Bran ever become the Three-Eyed Raven if Jamie didn't push him? Well, that's the thing. You know, that, no. that's, the, that's the big discussion is, you know, all these things have to happen. And yeah. I was talking about it with Don, and he's theorizing that uh, Bran actually wargs in to the mind of the Mad King to convince him to use wildfire so Jamie can become the Kingslayer and basically set all these plans into motion too. Huh. So, similar to how he affected Odor. Maybe Bran is actually controlling everything. And that's a theory out there too. I'm wondering if all the Stark children have their own unique, it's, it's almost like, an, like your own uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaign. You have like yeah. the, the leader to make the decisions. You have the assassin, you have the spy. It's just, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of cool, um, you know, it's like a campaign party. Like it's, it's fun. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I'm going to, I want to leave you with two questions. Um, one before the series ends, what's one thing that you'd like to see happen as far as things that you're like, Oh man, I wish this would happen between these two characters or I wish I could see this event or I was, what do you see for that? And then two, whether it's a major character or even a secondary character, uh, what do you think is going to be the next big death? I the next big death. 
if you had to guess? Who do you think is expendable at this point? Who's expendable? Um, let's see. It's not going to be somebody. It's not going to be somebody like. Well, it's not going to be like a Tyrion or anybody like that. Because um, I think a lot of the main characters are going to are going to be there till the last two episodes. That's what I think. And they're going to make those pretty phenomenal. Next big death. Uh, I don't know who the next big one will be, but uh, I think that Jamie will eventually bite the bucket. I, I just I don't know. There's just something. Okay, do you know who do you think at whose hands? Do you know? Do you have a guess? I, I'm not sure. I, I I'm not 100% sure. But um, was he on Arya's list? Uh, I don't believe so. No, Cersei was. But you bring up a good point. So before you tell me about the thing you want to see happen, what event you want to see happen, let's talk about uh, Bronn real quick when he gets. Uh, I'm happy you got to Bronn because Bronn's like one of my favorites. Cersei's orders, you know, he's going to go kill both Tyrion and, and uh, Jamie with the crossbow that uh, Tyrion used. Not happening. Lannister. Not happening. Well, he's a sellsword. Whoever pays the highest price. So I, I think that's going to be I, the I, whole thing. But I think for those two guys, not happening. And I think when he gets there and he sees what's happening, I think it's a different story. Interesting. I think he runs into something along the way that will... Or when he gets there, that tell you know maybe he gets there right when the war is starting. Or maybe he gets there and, and Bran tells him, "Hey, by the way, uh, Cersei has your girlfriend Sand Snake locked up and poisoned her." Because yep. we never found out what happened with that. We can assume it happened off screen. The death, yeah, her death happened off screen. Maybe she's still alive. Maybe, maybe. she's got some type of uh, I don't know immunity to a poison or whatnot. And they're just they're just I don't know. You know, we, we haven't yeah. seen her. I mean, some of a lot of the stuff that happens off screen, but we don't know. You know, yeah. we can assume she's dead, but we know the mother's probably alive, right? Because that so, was the point of the torture. Yeah, and to watch her daughter, her last daughter, uh, die. I don't know. I don't. Not know even just die. Not even just die to rot away. Right. You know. So, um, yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens with that. I'm very curious. I, I, I'm going I'm to point something out if you didn't know it, if you didn't notice. And, and I didn't notice it, and I didn't realize this. But do you know Ed Sharon made a cameo appearance last season? Yes, yes. Okay. They, talked about, they talked about Eddie getting his face his front, uh, burned. Okay, so you did catch yeah. that. Yeah, so that, there's a little nod to Ed Sharon because he, he was uh, the minstrel of the Lannister clan. When Arya decides to go uh, kill Cersei and she stops by their clan, you know, the little campfire. Uh, you know what we didn't hit on? We didn't hit on the Greyjoys. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Theon, Theon, too. Like, Theon and, and Yara, you know, Yara's going back and Theon's well, going the guy Well, the, the guy that Theon killed with the crossbow was one of the actors in um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I read that today. I was like, oh, wow. I, like, I knew the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really like they're going back to the Iron Island. It seems. Well, she told him to go back. She told him to go to winter. Yeah, yeah, but she's going back. So I wonder if she's done, like just done, like for the season, like perhaps we have a reason to go back there. I mean, can't, the White Walkers can't get to the Iron Islands, you know. Yeah. So she's. If she, as long as she does something dumb, she can be safe and to the yeah. end of all things, and they can just live there. Um, yeah, and then very quickly, and then I want to get your, your. I just want to get something that you want to see. Uh, yeah. But um, let's talk about Euron real quick. Okay. Like as far as villains go, because I was talking about this with Don. Like Cersei's always kind of been like the villain, but you had Joffrey who was kind of like the jerk, and then from Joffrey you went to. Somebody who is, you know, probably like immature and kind of bratty and spoiled, but like a like little kind. Of, he was he was a dick, but then like you go to somebody like uh, Ramsey Bolton, you yeah. know, who's certifiably insane and sadistic, to somebody who's a little bit more like arrogant and cocky, but also kind of a dick with Yaron Greyjoy. Like as far as like the like the guys you love to hate, I mean, it's just interesting. Like I think he's a little bit different than some of the other villains quote unquote that you had you know he's, a dude, I mean? he's, he's not he, he's just a he's just a he, he's a he's a completely how do i say it 
he, he's like a Braun, but he's he's just a total douchebag and asshole. Like, you know, Braun's right. stuff comes up, comes across, like, when you hear Braun's lines, a lot of it's kind of funny and humorous. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and with him, it's just like, this is like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like, like a, a just a, I don't want to say drunk, but just like an a-hole. Like, mm-hmm. I, like a douche, like just a douche. And cockiness and arrogance and um, I really, the whole thing with him and Cersei, that's very interesting because the question is, is I guess, and there's a few, few, few ways it can go, right? So supposedly Cersei's pregnant, right? Supposedly. Right. Okay. Right. So was she pregnant with Jamie's, with Jamie's baby or, you know, and, and, and her sleeping with him is just to deflect the whole incest thing, especially now if Jamie's a traitor. I think it's going to be one of those things where she's pregnant by Jamie, but he's going to, uh, Euron's going to think it's his in order for him to stick around to do what she needs him to do. Yeah, exactly. Something along those lines, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I it, it's really interesting with, with that guy. I can't stand him. I honestly, I can't stand him. <laughs> But, but uh, it, he does make it interesting, though, with the attitude. And I love how every time he tries to get closer to her and the mountain gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, now, so so if you're asking me the, the things that, the thing I want to see. Yeah, just, just one thing. Like, if anything, like, you want to see. like It's hard. What? It's hard because I have two. Okay. Well, that's the problem. Throw All, right. All right. So the first one I have is I really want to see Arya kill Cersei. Okay. I, I want to see that in some crazy way. Where maybe like Arya killed Euron and then killed her, you know what I mean, or 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 something like that. Because um, I or really think, like for example, if Jamie dies in battle, and that's why up. I was talking about that before. Um, you know, or yeah, but I don't know. Can she take the face of somebody she didn't kill? Yeah, because even even when she was in the, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yep, yep. She, yeah, she can be anybody. Yep. So maybe that happens. I don't know. I think that's more of a long shot. I think Jamie's going to be around longer than yeah. that. Okay. Um, the other one? thing, I want to see the Hound in the Mountain. Dude, that's what that was my pick. I want to see the Clegane Bowl. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we haven't we, we we see the Mountain as this big hulking thing, and it's like I want to see it at its end. You know what I mean? Like I want to mm-hmm. see this thing go all out. I mean, we've seen it kill some people, but nothing. It was like one time, like he just like smashed a guard, right? Like totally just smashed one of yeah. these guards that disobeyed or something like that. But other than that, we haven't really seen him like. Uh, what about when he crushed a skull in his hands? Wasn't that the same instance or no? That wasn't a guard. That was uh, for that was when Tyrion. That was the uh, trial by combat. Oh yeah, but that was before he was like what he is now. Oh, before before, before he got zombified yeah, or, or exactly or Franken, Frankenstein, if you will. exactly because I think now he's even more destructible than that. You know, indestructible. Right. You know what I mean? So like, I'm curious to see. Or does he get killed at some point and become a White Walker? That'd, That'd be interesting too. That would be interesting, but probably far from it. He's not going to leave Cersei's side, and Cersei ain't going to leave King's Landing for any reason. Or maybe, maybe because he's already dead, the Night King can raise him without even trying. Maybe. And maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe that's her undoing where she gets cocky, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's, it's, he's, already, he's already a White Walker. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, so there's, there's just so much that can happen. Excellent. So amazing. Well, KB, thanks for joining me. Um, thanks for joining me on this one. Yeah. Teleconference call. We're trying out this new app that I mentioned a little earlier before with Don, with Don. But uh, yeah, it's just an app that I'm trying to. At least if we can't all be in the same place, I can make telephone calls. We can record some convos and put it out there. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. We should do so, it more uh, often. Yeah, I think I think it'll be good. We can we can discuss you know end game and stuff if we can't all be together. But we'll yeah. we'll go through we'll get through all that. But uh, and I just want to say to the listeners again, thank you very much. Uh, please check us out on 4041media.com. And uh, we don't really say start your weekend with your geek friends anymore. Just, but uh, Get your geek on. Get your geek on. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.
you're still here. It's over. Go home. <laughs>